Yes, Grant. Hey, mate. <laughs> How are you? I'm bloody great. How are you? I'm not very well, mate, because I can't hear out my right ear. Okay, yeah, I saw that. Syringe um, in your own ear. So, so yeah, uh, lucky it's Andy in my right ear, so I don't need to hear <laughs> too much. That's yeah. why you're on my don't care what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I'll just speak into that one. <laughs> That's yeah. it. But, yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm glad to have you on the podcast. Yeah, pleasure. You're one of the first people I wanted on. Exciting. Um, for those of you that don't know, I mean, Grant and I know each other on Instagram. We've been Instagram friends yeah. for a little while. We've met out. We've had little Mildreds together, mate. Yeah, we way. have. Yeah. Yeah. We've met in the real world. Yeah. My wife thought it was weird that I was meeting someone from Instagram. I was like, don't worry, he seems okay. He seems safe. Do you know what I'm caught in this weird world yeah. where I can't figure out if I've met someone yeah. in real life or not. So when I meet them in real life, I'm like, have I met you before in I've real had life? Or is it just yeah. on the internet? And then I've, it's happened to me before, I've said to them, is this the first time we've met? And they've gone, no, I've met you about eight times <laughs> yeah. in the real world. Well, I think you've probably met each other at some point. Maybe, yeah. 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 So, but yeah, what Grant does, for those who don't know, is he is like, would you, t- would you say you're the number one property guy in the UK. I think, well, you know, uh, I think, I think it's been said, yeah, like I've had a few without being like uh, arrogant, I've had a few accolades from press like the Times, Financial Times, Living, etc. like number one agent UK, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it's going okay at the moment. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's brilliant, man. And what what Grant does on Instagram is just absolutely brilliant. And he does, for those of you who haven't seen it, go and check it out. It's Grant J. Bates. And he does London properties predominantly, and he shows you around all these amazing properties mm. with old school 90s R&B tunes Always. to back it up. <laughs> Always. Um, Born so, in the 80s, raised in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. So it's really, it's really cool. It's really easy to watch, and it's really interesting to see in the front door of some of these Thanks, amazing mate. houses. And happens to be four years sober. Yeah, four years. 8th of September was my four-year anniversary. Get in there. Um, So, yeah, um, I suppose that's what we're going to talk about, really, Mm. is how your career's gone from sort of doing a paper round or whatever it was 15, 20 years ago to now being having all these accolades from the Sunday Times and whatever else. So do you want to tell us about that, mate? Tell us about your story a bit about... Yeah, yeah, I can definitely give you a bit of a rundown. So um, I I, I wasn't the best student at school. Like, I was studious. I got good grades and I did okay in A-levels and everything else, but I got expelled from a couple of schools and wasn't really going to plan. I did stints in like McDonald's and Brantano footwear in Greenford. <laughs> nice. I don't think it still exists, but if it does, it's a free plug for, for ladies' shoes, if you like ladies' shoes. A golf range I worked for a bit and it just wasn't really, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was actually meant to go and study law at university. I was accepted to Southampton. I got decent grades, as I said. Um, and you know, my parents were buzzing when I told them I wasn't going to go about a week before I was meant to leave. Um, and then I sort of bounced around, did a lot of things maybe I shouldn't have been doing for sort of six months to a year. Uh, and then, uh, and then I got into property. I was always good at selling. I was okay at acting. I think I was in a few Artful Dodger and Oliver Twist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was big, big moment. Papa Panoff in Papa Panoff. No one knows that that play, but that was me. Um, and uh, and yeah, and I was always good at selling. I used to do the old uh, three CDs for for ten pound, much to uh, Napstar's uh, Napstar's Napstar's misery. Um, and uh, so so property seemed like a good fit. My dad worked for the council as well, so he was involved in property. And I started out renting rooms in Sudbury and Wembley. Um, I didn't even have a driving license, literally. I used, to, I used to walk to my appointments or try and get on the bus for 40p, which was always a bit of a struggle. Um, and uh, yeah, it spiralled from there, really. I then went to work in the city, Square Mile, sold lofts and warehouses there, and then you know, the draw of a big corporate with Hamptons, and now I'm selling some of the, I guess, best property in London for some of its most discerning clients. That was scripted yeah. from the bio. <laughs> yes, yeah. I like yeah. that, I like that. And yeah. then, 
tell us a bit about the whole sort of culture around, mm. especially in those early days around, I guess, alcohol and, and that, how that played yeah. a part, because it's going to be topical. Yeah, I mean, I think with property and, and uh, those types of industries, alcohol is a massive part of it, you know, particularly if you're meeting clients or developers, and maybe it's a British influence as well, but typically you meet them for lunch, you know, you, you are whining and dining them, right? It's in the phrase, you're taking them out, you're taking them for beers, you're taking them on. Because the, the more you can build a relationship with them, the more likely you are to get the list in. I think that's the, that's the falsity that we're, we're sort of sold, that you need the alcohol to build that relationship. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest with you, when I decided to stop, I was really nervous about that because so many of my clients had become friends and it was standard to go out for beers and, and discuss business over beers. And I was nervous about whether I would have the confidence, the willpower, whether I'd still be able to maintain that relationship uh, and develop new ones, obviously, without alcohol. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's rife. And I, I, you know, I think I was speaking to Andy off camera earlier, but the city, I mean, you know, Thursdays and Fridays basically a write-off because you are, that is what you're doing. You know, you're signing off work early and drinking and, that, and it is part of the culture and it's definitely something that I think needs to be looked at yeah, because sure. even when we were talking about it before, I was intrigued because I had no idea mm. in the property market would be another industry mm. that was awash with booze because you mm. think, oh, it's just my industry, it's just a broken industry. Yeah. And then it's like, no, it's the banking industry, it's teaching, it's, mm. it's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's ubiquitous. And you said something as well that's really important that whilst you were drinking, that your performance really was, like, oh, oh, yeah. let's just say, on point two days a week. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it obviously gets worse as you get older and I think that's the issue is people don't realise they have an issue until they're already in a situation where they're maybe addicted because yeah. it only starts hitting you later. You know, I, my first hangover was 23, I think. I don't think I had a hangover before then. And then when I got into my 30s and I was pushing forward into my career, that's when the hangovers started to get really bad. And yeah, you know, Monday's a write-off. You know, you're not really doing, well, you're working, but you're not working yeah, to full capacity. Thursday, thirsty Thursday, <laughs> you're out Thursdays, Fridays then sometimes a write-off as well. So you're losing almost half your week. Yeah. So you can imagine in terms of your productivity, you're, you're so limited. And the biggest thing I've noticed since I stopped boozing is I've got, I've got time. Mm. Uh, I say I've got time, I still wonder how I've managed to get everything done in the time I've got and I certainly don't understand how I managed to do it with two and a half, three days before. Um, but it just allows you um, that extra time to get stuff done and it is mental when you think about how is it a usp to be sober in business like that is a usp yeah yeah if yeah. you are if you are sober it gives you an advantage over all of your competitors because 90 percent of them drink and lose those days that you don't lose anymore um and you know i saw a brilliant quote that you drink to become the person uh you drink to become the person you want to become i might, I might phrase that incorrectly but it's so true like i drank to try and give myself this confidence particularly in a sales job where I think when you're saying about industries it's sales in general is where yeah. it's rife um, and sort of six months the lights came on six months sober the lights came on it was like well actually I'm ten times more confident uh, and real confidence as well I'm at home with you know who I am and I'm confident having conversations with people um, sober but you just have to get past that muddy bit, which for me was the first three months. Yeah, T tell us about that, because mm. I think what people hear, they hear my story, your story, your story, and they, they think, right, that's all very good, we're, we're a couple of a couple of years down the line, you mm. you make it up, you're sometimes eight years, nine yeah, years. Yeah, it's just <laughs> 10 years, 10 years. But go back to that, because I think that's yeah. really important, because some people now join dry, and they're 
a month into it, we've literally mm. got people that started on the day of dry and, and, and now they're a month into it. Yeah. What did it look like for a month in you? And what sort of insight can you give people so when it gets to three months and six months? Yeah, I mean, I always say three, six months are the big, the big milestones yeah. for me. And all I can say is the, the biggest thing I tried to do was focus on what I was gaining, not what I was losing. Because we have this negativity bias and this tendency as people in all, in all areas to focus on what we think we're missing, the perceived loss, the false loss, the lie that you've been clinging to for how many years that you've been drinking, right? But I think it's only when you actually start being a little bit smug in a way and enjoying those mornings when everyone's on the WhatsApp group saying, oh, bloody hell, I feel awful, I'm never drinking again, can't believe I text that person, can't believe I told my boss to off. Um, You've got, you've got to enjoy that. You've got to wake up in the morning and be like, I feel great and focus on what you're gaining, not what you're losing. Because the reality is with drinking, when I think back and you know, we all say we had some great times, but some of those nights or most of those nights, the great bit was probably about 45 minutes. True. You know, it's that point from two pints to four pints, maybe, depending on how much I had to eat and you know, how I was handling it, where it was great and you're on top of the world, the rest is a, is a mist. Like, it's just, you know, the first bit, first pint you got a headache nine times out of ten, or certainly I did, and the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, you, you don't remember half of it the next day anyway. So yeah, for me, it's about focusing on what you're gaining, not what you're losing, and just reframing your thinking um, so that you don't suffer from FOMO and, and, and fall back into that trap. Um, but there's no getting around the fact that you've got to have the willpower because the first the first two three months are really tough because people don't believe it. You yeah. say you're not drinking, yeah, and they say, "Oh come on, don't you're be ridiculous." Aren't you? Yeah, yeah, oh, come on, don't be ridiculous. Just have one. Why are you boring? Why are you not drinking? And you've got to have a lot of confidence and willpower to say no that many times. But the big assurance I can give people is once you get to that three, that six, and people know it's real, then they're super supportive. Like I go out with my boys now and they get me an alcohol-free beer. You know, when we're watching the football, they don't even ask, they don't pressure me that, you know, they know that, that it's a decision I've made. Um, but at the start, they don't believe you, so you've got to push through that. Yeah, and I think that's why the dry apps and community is really important. This podcast is really important, because mm. to come back to what you said in your story about it being a USP, mm. unique selling point that you don't drink, how exciting is that? Yeah. Because if you think back not long ago, that would have been perceived as a big negative, mm. and now it's being perceived as a big positive, yeah. because you stand out from the crowd. Yeah. In a selling environment, you know, I always thought that there were millions of brokers that they could go out with that all drunk. I was the only one mm. that didn't. And that gave me an advantage because then on those Fridays when I knew my competitors were hung over mm. in pieces and didn't want to pick up the phone, I was on the ball. Yeah. And I think that's probably what's happened in your career as well. It's, yeah. it's accelerated, it feels like, probably over the last yeah. four years since you stopped drinking. Yeah, there's no way I would have achieved what I have over the last three, four years if I was still drinking. Just fact. Because even coming down to you know things like um, pitches, which is obviously a massive part of my job, if I'm hungover on a pitch, and then different people suffer differently with hangovers, but I used to get really bad anxiety. So you're second guessing everything you're doing. You're not relaxed. You're not comfortable. You're not delivering your best pitch. So what I've effectively been able to do over the last four, four years is deliver the best version of myself to everyone. Um, which has meant that the amount of business I've lost has been incredibly minimal and it's been reassuring that nine times out of ten it wasn't down to my performance, although maybe I'm just reassuring myself there. <laughs> yeah. but, um, it, it, you know, there are outside factors. You can make yeah. peace with that as well. Um, but I think you know, it, it, it's about just refocusing your attention uh, and, and taking that negativity of addiction with substances, you know, more than alcohol for a lot of people, 
uh, and switching that over as I did or and you guys have done in my case to, to Instagram to the gym to, to work because I do think if you've got an addictive personality it's not necessarily a negative it's just what you uh, you know what you facilitate with that with that addiction what you choose to, to, what you choose to, to do yeah. and on that note we were talking before about Instagram because mm. I've said that your Instagram is incredible and yeah. you've got this huge following you. for you know on a subject that traditionally you wouldn't have thought actually might attract a mm. lot of following and you were talking about that actually when you stopped drinking that actually one of the things that you decided to focus on was yeah. your Instagram yeah yeah I wanted to challenge myself and I think at the time I could see the industry was going that way, a little bit more virtual, more American model in terms of social media. But I was terrified of doing it. Um, and what, why was you, what was you terrified about? It's the judgment, isn't it? It's yeah. the ego. You've got to be prepared to look stupid to, to be good at it, to get good at anything. Yeah. And most people aren't prepared to have that stupid period. They're not prepared to be laughed at for six months or 12 when months. When you've got to 10 followers yeah. succeed, yeah. I, I, had my me, I had my mates messaging me like, <laughs> like, no one cares that you're up going to see a property. You've got 12 followers, like we don't care. And I had that for ages. And I, you know, you have to push through that. And I think what I wanted when I decided to give up booze was I wanted a, I wanted a challenge. I wanted something to focus my attention. I wanted something that scared me um, to you know, use that anxious energy. I think maybe short term it was a distraction as well. Mm. Like, you know, short term when you're, when you're stopping booze, stopping to, to, to drink booze, I always say to people, and you may know better than me as to whether this is the correct advice, but I tend to say in the first instance when you're vulnerable, distract. So like, don't yeah. go to the events, distract yourself, you know, put your time into other things, you know, go, go on your phone, whatever, just distract yourself while you're vulnerable until you're confident enough to actually confront those situations. So for me, it was probably partly a distraction as well. Yeah. Um, there was definitely a lot of business now behind it, but there was a lot of mental health um, drivers behind it as well. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? When mm. I say that, I've got like a toolbox. So when I coach people, I'm like, this is your toolkit to get you through the first few weeks and months because yeah. you do need that. I think it, it, that's why we built dry, really, isn't it? Because actually, when all three of us stopped drinking, there wasn't a dry. So no. we did it through willpower, we gritted our teeth, we stayed away from the parties, we read the right books. Mm. And now actually we've got this amazing free app. It's incredible, yeah got a free community where people are in there like mm. I'm on day one and everyone's like brilliant we'll help you through this yeah. and it's a great community so That's I think it's a great yeah. distraction really isn't it yeah and I think what's important about all of this and, and your story is really important that people at the top of their game are getting incredible results by not drinking mm. Whereas the mindset before was you've got to give something up, you're missing out. And that's constantly what the dry community is all about. It's about celebrating the wins like you discussed. Yeah. And then hearing it from real people like yourself, mm. getting incredible results. And I'm sure you'll agree one of the big drivers of those incredible results has been the fact that you haven't been drinking. It's pretty much, it's yeah, secret. I mean, definitely not the only, but I'd say yeah. responsible for 80, 90% of it. No exaggeration. Because that's incredible. You would have never put yourself in those situations yeah. and you would have missed so many opportunities. So, you know, build, it's about building real confidence and you only have, I think, true real confidence when you're, when you're sober. Because um, otherwise, you know, we've been indoctrinated from a young age. You know, I remember having a sip of my dad's beer at eight, nine years old. Sorry, dad, you know, I'm, I'm, old, I'm old enough now, I don't call social services. Um, you know, you, you're, it's indoctrinated into you. That's what you do. You yeah. go to the pub, you have a drink of beer, you know, it tastes horrible, but you keep persisting and then eventually you stop, you pretend you like it through your teens and then you do grow to like it eventually. And it, I mean, it's ridiculous when you think about it. Like most things you try, yeah. you're like, no, I don't like the taste of that. And you just stop. But for some reason with beer, you, you know, you carry on for years until you eventually train yourself to like it. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, there's a lot that's got to change. And, and 
yeah, things that you guys are doing are great. Because um, we had a brief chat as well. Like AA yeah. isn't for everyone either. Yeah. So being able to have this this app with like-minded people, uh, you know, where you don't necessarily have to go to a to a physical meeting, maybe you're too nervous to or whatever, is is huge. Yeah, yeah and it's a fun, positive space. I think that's what we're trying to do. We're trying yeah. to create a yeah. space which is exactly, fun, yeah. positive, vibrant, full of energy, forward-facing. Where do we want to be in ten mm. years? Let's go and do it together. That's kind of yeah. the aim of the game. I think what's important people to know as well is how courageous it is to take a break from the booze yeah. or to say I'm going to join dry or to say I'm going to go up mostly dry or 100% dry. Mm. So it's an incredibly courageous thing to do and actually when yeah. I hear your story and I hear your story and I know my story in a very wet environment which all three of us have come from in London to have the courage to go I'm not going to do that anymore. Oh yeah. It's massive and then to have the courage again to go I'm going to do a face to camera. On yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say I'm the better life guy. I'm going to say I'm Grant J. Bates on the doorstep of a three million pound penthouse, yeah. or whatever it is. You know, that is an, another massive step of, of courage. Yeah. And actually, what's the next step? And mm. that's the, what's the next step? Because once you've done that twice, yeah. the future is yours, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know if you, that's how I feel anyway. Oh, 100%. It's exposure therapy. I'm a massive believer in exposure therapy. You know, when something makes you nervous, say yes, worry about it later. Yeah, as long as it's a positive thing you're saying yes to, yeah. say yes and worry about it later. You know, the first po- podcast I ever did, I was terrified. Absolutely terrified. You know, first 10 minutes, I wish he hadn't have actually posted it anywhere because it's a wreck. And, you know, even coming here, you, you've got that memory of the first one you yeah. did and you're a little bit nervous, but then you start to settle in and that's just exposure therapy and that applies to everything you do. Yeah. The more you put yourself in that space. It's why we suffer from imposter syndrome because you're leveling up each time. You are an imposter in that new situation. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a fabulous point and it takes a lot more bravery to to actually say no than it does just to to carry on i think also what's what's we see a lot of now is people that come through the school system fail it don't like it fall out of it expelled from it i got suspended you Mm. got expelled didn't yeah people that don't really conform or sit well in the schooling system therefore get dropped out and get told you'll be nothing i went and worked in a shop you went and worked in an estate agent you know but then because we've got something about us yeah we're like we become the best at what we do and become the best at what we do and then actually we come out of it you know we've gone a really hard route um and against the conformity Mm. but actually we've come at the other end and i think that's we see that a lot in people don't we yeah but i think back that the the topic that we're getting to here is confidence and Mm. i think alcohol is one of those things that pretended to give us confidence and it sort of did in Mm. a plastic way but by removing it which takes a ton of courage like you said you rebuild confidence don't you when you do your first to camera live and it scares the life out of you and it, i remember doing facebook live and it counted me down three two one i was like <laughs> stuffs yeah. and stuff come out and you do it again and you do it yeah. again and then you do a Gets podcast easier, yeah. and then you get yourself in all these different situations but you keep the resilience mm. don't you? you keep that strength of confidence and i think people that are alcohol free have a real inner glow of confidence it doesn't have to be in a, an, an extroverted way mm. But they're courageous because like, I did that and I did it with all of my full compass mentors. I didn't have to take alcohol to be able to do it. Yeah. Therefore, I can do it again. And I think that's the underlying theme that I continually see in the alcohol-free world. We become dreamers of the day. I love mm. that. There's a lovely quote around that. We actually come up with an idea and we turn it into action. Mm. Dry was mm. just an idea mm. Mm. in Matt's head and in my head six months ago and here we are. Yeah. And I'm sure in your head so many of those ideas about Instagram was just an idea but you've turned you it into action. You just do it, yeah. And here you are. Yeah, oh, 100%. I think, I think you're bang on. Um, yeah, I, I think it takes an incredible amount of courage. And I think the big one that I noticed, which might seem small when you talk about it in isolation, but I remember whenever I used to go to a restaurant 
with my wife, I had to have a beer. As soon as I got in, I had to have a beer. I don't know why, like, particularly if we went to nice restaurants, my wife was used to that, I wasn't so much. Um, you just feel a bit uncomfortable. I like, almost thought people were looking at me, I had to have a couple of beers and then I'd relax. Whereas now, I, wherever I go, social situations, parties, restaurants, I feel not pretend confident, I feel in completely at ease and completely relaxed Brilliant. in my own skin. And uh, I think that was the first time I actually really noticed it when I went into a, to a situation like that and I didn't instantly feel like I needed to have a beer. Um, and then your confidence does build. Like people, people have said to me, they keep thinking I've, I've fallen off the wagon when I go to like events <laughs> because yeah. I'm like involved because I'm past the point now where I'm bothered about what anyone else is thinking about what I'm doing or... I feel like I could dance better when I was drunk, but maybe that's just a perception. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's a really nice backhanded compliment, isn't yeah. it? And that happens to me a lot. People are like, are you drinking? I'm yeah. like, no. Or when I first went to a few social events, I'd get in the car and drive. Yeah. And actually, a friend pulled my wife to one side and said, oh, is Andy yeah, drunk yeah. driving? She's like, no, he hasn't drunk for yeah, like yeah. four years. Do you know what I mean? But he's just frying himself yeah. into these social situations. That, at the start, you can't see that, right? Yeah. You know, at the start, you cannot imagine being in a situation where you're incredibly content in those in those situations without it but i guess all, all you can say to people listening is that you do get there and you know i i wanted someone that was helping me at the time framed it as you know you're giving up three months break it down don't think about never drinking yeah. again just think about not drinking for a month and then three months would you give up three months of your life for something if you if you thought it was going to be incredibly important and valuable to you and yeah, most people would, I think, if it was, and you can apply the same. If this is, if you think this is going to be something, that change, no exaggeration, it does change your life. No other way of putting it. Um, then give up that three months, as even if you want to see it as a test, even if you're planning in your head to go back to boozing the day after those three months, because I promise you, when you get to those three months, the positives significantly outweigh the the. Uh, the negatives yeah i think so. one of the best things you've done and spoke about is you get time back time, i think you're yeah. a great example of someone who you follow on instagram you're in the sauna at 4 30 in the morning mm. and yeah i suppose a day in the life for you is you're up at what time four? i'm usually up about four yeah four o'clock you mm. get up and he puts this on his instagram for yes it. he's in this he's in the gym he's doing boxing classes spinning he's got his barry's shake 20 pound <laughs> shake on the way up <laughs> and he's in the car and he's on his way to work and then he's grafting all day yeah. as well but that's a great example because if you would have shown that to you five years ago mm. and said, who's this guy? You would have probably been like, yeah, you know, I probably would have switched it off and had a beer. Yeah, yeah exactly. Probably. But it's amazing isn't it, yeah. to show what a great use of time. And yeah. now, you've, now you've plunged all of those good habits into your routine mm. and just become part of who you are. Yeah. That's all I know you as. That's, yeah, yeah. You're that guy who does that. Yeah. Uh, which is amazing then. And that's, that's a great example of using time. And that's, I think that's why building a community is so key as well. Yeah. Because you will get, unfortunately, some people that only know you as the old you. Yeah. You, your true friends stick by you 100%. Yeah. But it's nice to have that, that new community and know exactly what you've been through and where you're headed and how you're feeling and everything else. But um, yeah, time. Time and confidence, I think, is the summary of being so time and confidence. Yeah. It's yeah. like... Yeah, two big positives. I think I'd agree, and that's where lives have changed, aren't mm. they? On the back of that, and it's been just brilliant to hear your story because I think what's really important for me is to see people at the top of their game getting even better results mm. because they don't drink. And back to what we were saying earlier, I think that just is creating this new narrative. So where we grew up and all we saw was the perceived upside to drinking, yeah. whereas now I think our children, and you've got young children like me, so as Matt, they're going to see a different story now. Yeah. They're going to see some of their heroes, whether they be footballers, whether they be entrepreneurs, getting massive results mm. by not drinking. That's changed the world. Yeah. 
you know, and I think you're a big part of that. So I just wanted to thank you for oh, coming on today. Loved it. Before we go, um, how can people find out more about you? And uh, so you can follow me at Grant J Bates on Instagram and on TikTok. Oh, TikTok! Yeah, as well. I'm a bit old for TikTok, but you know, there's no dances; it's just property. <laughs> right, okay. But yeah, on both those platforms, yeah. Oh, you've been an absolute ledge. Yeah, yeah, thank you for coming on, mate. Pleasure. Really appreciate really it. Really enjoyed it. Thank you.